Hi, I'm Alexis. And I'm Dre. This is Altered, a wedding podcast that focuses on weddings affected by the pandemic. And everything in between. Each week, we will talk to different couples from all over. And wedding vendors across the world. To show that even though we may be going through unprecedented times, your special day is still within reach. We are so excited to have our next guest. Can you please introduce yourself and your company? Yes. First and foremost, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Very excited to share my story. My name is Diana Dorsey, and I'm the owner of Simply Elegant by Diana. I am a wedding and event company where I service the Bay Area in California and Las Vegas. How long have you actually been in the wedding industry? I'm actually going to celebrate my 10th year in the wedding industry. Congratulations. Uh (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I'm very excited. It's been a long journey, a lot of work. I'm going on three years full-time. So I was juggling my full-time job and wedding planning and family and kids and all that. I quit my job about three years ago to do just wedding planning. Congratulations. Thank you. May I ask what your full-time job was? I was a preschool teacher for over 10 years. They're so wonderfully cute at that age, but a lot of patience. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of patience, which I use in planning weddings and the day of. I think I obtained a lot of skills as a preschool teacher that I use and incorporate as a wedding and event planner. What is your story in finding your kind of passion for working in the wedding industry? My story started at the age of 15. I didn't even realize it, but I was choreographing waltzes for quinceañeras. And part of that involved me being present on the day of the events and coordinating, making sure the kids knew when to start their waltz and cueing the vendors. I did that for several years, and then I went off to teaching. And then I found my husband, we got engaged and I started planning my wedding. And that's what really sparked the passion in me. That's when I knew that this is what I wanted to do. It incorporated a little bit of everything that I love doing, like celebrating, planning, organizing, being that perfectionist and uh, control freak. I didn't want my wedding planning to end. And that's when I was like, I have to keep doing it. So I got married February 19th. And by March, I had already filed for my business license to just get going. You said choreograph. So were you a dancer? Or are you a dancer? Being a dancer was my other dream. I love to dance. And ever since I was a little girl, I would make my mom and dad or whoever was there, I would make them sit down and be like, let me perform for you. I choreographed to dance. And I would always do that. And after I had my quinceanera, I was like, oh, I can choreograph waltzes. And I started helping other girls choreograph their dances. When I was in college, I did take ballroom dancing and all that fun stuff. I danced baile folklorico in high school and performed. My high school had 4,000 kids and we would always perform in front of them. So I think that's where I would be if I wasn't a wedding planner. Did you grow up in Northern California? I did. I was born in Mexico, but I grew up in the Bay Area. So went to Berkeley High, lived in Richmond. It's beautiful up there. I know. (laughs) I has to always correct me because I always call Northern California NoCal. And he's like, no, 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 it's NorCal. (laughs) I've only seen it written that way. Like I know we call SoCal and we'll write it that way. 
do people actually say NorCal? I think it's just something that's more written, but usually if you're in the Bay Area, we say the Bay Area. Like, the Bay Area, yeah. The that's Bay Area. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you when you heard the news of the world shutting down? Oh. <laughs> <I'm getting there laughs> <now>. <laughs> oh man, here we go. I was in the Bay Area. I was at home and it was so interesting because just a few days before I was meeting with one of my brides and we were talking about her wedding, which was supposed to be in April. And I was like, it's going to go away by the time your wedding comes. It's going to be fine. I know we're going to have your wedding. I'm going to make it happen. That's what I do. But sure enough, a few days later, my world was flipped upside down. I was really depressed because I wanted to somehow figure out a way to still have the weddings. And just knowing that I couldn't do anything for my clients it was just really hard for me. I'm guessing you had a lot of weddings and events set up for 2020. Oh my God, yes, I did. 2020 was supposed to be my year. I think for a lot of people in the industry, 2020 was going to be a big year. Yes. Yeah. That's a really good point that you mentioned that because yes, absolutely. That date, 2020, I believe a lot of people were like, oh, this is it. I'm getting married yeah. for 2020, 2020 or, yeah. <laughs> <you know>. yeah. <laughs> or 10, 20, 2020 or 10, yeah. 10, 2020. There's so much that you can do with that date. And yes. that just hit me now that all of those people, unless they went ahead and did it, which I'm sure some people did. People I know because we talked to them. <laughs> we <Yeah>. talked. <laughs> but that's such a big one. Yeah. I, I, for a lot of people, like 2020 really was supposed to be the year. Absolutely. Gosh, it was supposed to be a big year for me, not just financially. We were growing. My team was expanding to six of us. I was going to have a lot of weddings and events and it was just going to be the year. A lot of my vendor friends were already having weddings like January, February, March. I didn't even get to have one because that April wedding was supposed to be my first wedding of the year. It was supposed to kick off my season. So it was just really depressing. Especially because I know in Northern Ca- NorCal, <laughs> <laughs> it seems like starting in April is the main wedding season through November, mm-hmm. just because of weather. Yeah. What was your business like pre-pandemic? What was your average amount of weddings per year before you hit 2020? That's a great question. I was doing between 30 to 50 weddings a year. I was always busy. I'm always used to going hustle, plan weddings, timelines, meetings, and dressing up and going to meet clients and just very busy. That was life-changing. Like, literally. (laughs) You bring up such a good point, though, that I don't think we've spoken about. Before the pandemic, it's you were always going, whether it be professional, you're meeting friends, you're trying to be a good partner, you're trying to go to the gym. There's never enough time in a day. This pandemic has made so many people stop and reassess that, including myself. And I I don't know if I do want to go back to that same pace of life. I can imagine having so many different weddings per year. That is lots of juggling and prioritizing. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. On top of having weddings being postponed, the 27th of March, we were supposed to fly out to Jamaica. And so our trip got canceled. No more weddings. We were relocating to Vegas. (laughs) Oh, you were moving? Yeah, we were moving to Vegas. And it was just a lot. So are you in Vegas now then? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm in Vegas. Yeah. How was moving during a pandemic? I can't imagine. 
it was crazy. Your business is so established in the Bay Area. And now you're going to go start your business in Vegas. And how are you going to meet your clients during COVID in the Bay Area? It was just so much. It was so much. I can talk about how the pandemic has affected my business in a negative way. But when I finally came to reality and just started changing my process, I realized that the pandemic gave me a lot of good things. And it also allowed for me to do a lot more than what I thought I could do. And so being on lockdown allowed me to adjust to being in Vegas. Whereas if I had weddings, I would probably would have gone crazy trying to do weddings, move, adjust and all that stuff. You in a way got to settle into this new area because of the more time, which was such that catch 22. Yeah. Yeah. I believe things happen for a reason. And I don't always know what that reason is. But I always try to find a positive side of it. At least that's what I learned 2020. It's look at things in a different way. And what is something positive you can walk away with? The word that we've heard so much from people seems to be pivoting. You're reimagining things in a way that you wouldn't have ever gotten to otherwise, which has been such an interesting commonality to see between so many different people around the world. Yeah, I agree. Can you elaborate on how your business was positively impacted by pivoting during COVID? Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So if I thought I was this experienced wedding planner 10 years in in the industry, and I thought I just knew it all probably, the pandemic was a reality check. It was like, (laughs) what? I feel brand new. I don't know what I'm doing. Are you telling me I have to go revise my contract? And that was like a whole learning process, redoing contracts to protect yourself from another pandemic, protect my clients from another situation like this. I had to learn how to pivot quickly because I know a lot of businesses didn't make it, unfortunately. I quickly started doing research and learned the word micro weddings and how can we still celebrate the CDC and the WHO websites were like my best friends. <laughs> I had to become very aware of things that I never had to worry about. I learned so much and I love to learn. And for me to realize that we should never get too comfortable. You always have to be ready. You always have to be open and prepared for something like this. In terms of your approach to social media, I saw that you produce your own YouTube content, you have your own YouTube channel. Is that something that started as a result of the lockdown? I've had my YouTube channel for a while, but never really touched it as much as I have been. This was a conversation a lot of wedding professionals. A lot of people were like, why are we going to be on social media? There's no events. What are we posting? Old pictures. And for me, it was like, this is the time I have to be on social media or they're going to forget who I am. Whether it's an old picture or whatever it is, I have to create some type of content. And so that's when videos for me became, okay, this is what I have to do. During 2020, I learned about preparing yourself for your future clients, which is for me, the Gen Z generation, which they're all about video. And I got into TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it was a year for me to really think about the future and who my future clients are, how am I going to target them? So video became a must for me. And showing up on social media, whether it was an old wedding or whatever, it was like, here I am. Don't forget about me. It was really neat getting a glimpse into what your day is like being either a bridesmaid or 
being able to be the person getting married, you have such a certain view of what the day is. And it's really cool being able to see the flip side of that. I love doing that behind the scenes video. It's hard to sell your service when every wedding is different. Your day is going to look different every time. And so I was like, let me put this together so that they can have an idea of the main things that we do. Because a lot of times they think we're just carrying clipboards and walkie-talkies. And that's it. There's so much more. What are your go-to planning resources? That's a great one. I actually like to share everything I know because... When I first started, I didn't have anyone to guide me, so I had to learn everything by myself. And I did a lot of research to prepare me for my business. I have my certificate as a wedding planner and my degree in business administration. I do have several things that I use as a business owner and as a way to guide my wedding planning process. So for my clients, I use HoneyBook which helps me organize my invoices, my contracts, my brochures. It's like a one-stop shop. HoneyBook is amazing and I highly recommend it. I also use Google Drive for... (laughs) (laughs) Very familiar with Google Drive. (laughs) And I am too, for the record. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not. I share a lot of documents with my couples. So timelines and vision boards. Each one of my clients gets a Google folder where I've created templates and planning guides and a lot of tools that I know work for me for marketing. I do TikToks, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, my Google business page, of course, my website. That's pretty much it. That's really comprehensive, though. With social media, I know we've been running into this ourselves. You want to keep everything fresh and different. It is tricky. I think one of the things I realized, especially last year, is how much people really want to get to know you. You being in the photo or in the video. It's so funny because I'll post a photo of a beautiful wedding and it'll do great on social media. But when I post a video of myself or a picture of myself and I'm sharing my story, that's what people want to see, at least with my audience. So you have to really get to know your audience to be able to give them what they want. Believe it or not, even this was so nerve-wracking for me when we first got on. But video scares me, it still does, but I know I have to do it because if I want to connect with my clients and my future clients, I have to do it. I have to lose that fear. What I can say to like wedding pros that let's say don't have a wedding anytime soon, do a style shoot, but you'll get new photos. You'll get to create something that really fits your style and you'll have content to share on social media. Thank you. That's really great advice. I had heard that people respond more to photos that have people that they know in them, especially when you're talking to people who already know you. Usually the photos that you post that have yourself in them will do better amongst your followers that people know you as than photos of like your friends or like a landscape or sunset. Even if the photo's pretty, it's facial recognition. And then as you build a following and as people get to know you, again, it's then they'll start to like your photos But again, really, if you're in them. (laughs) Yeah, it's so true. I noticed that with my Instagram, I was like, this is such a pretty wedding. So how did my photo do so much better than this pretty wedding? I don't know. I just really feel like people really want to connect. Especially now. Have you acquired any new clients over the past year during the pandemic? 
Yes, I have. I worked so hard on my social media to promote small, intimate weddings, elopements, things that were within the guidelines. And we worked really hard on showing that you could still have a small wedding and it could still be beautiful and special and this and that. And I have been booking, not like how I'm used to, but it's nice to know that couples still have hope. I know a lot of them are scared to commit, but there's still a lot of couples that have hope and want to celebrate. That's definitely inspiring to hear that it's of what's to come. So in seeing that people are wanting to move forward, business is picking up. How do you think the wedding industry will be affected long term by the pandemic? Yeah, that's a really great question. And I actually sat on this one for a while because it's really hard to say. I know a lot of people in the industry, especially venues, have been impacted very deeply. Some venues are closing. Backyard weddings are a trend. I think we're still going to stay within the small this year. Interestingly, I've booked 10 weddings for next year and their bigger guest count. I think slowly but surely we're going to go back to normal, quote unquote. I know for me this year, I have 30 weddings on my calendar right now. And at this point, my couples are like, we're going to have this wedding, whether we can dance or not. They're just ready. You mentioned that you did go ahead and do some weddings still in 2020. What were those experiences like? Small weddings became one of my favorites. I loved it. I loved it so much. I loved how small and intimate it was. It was quality over quantity. It was have a six course meal because why not? It was small and yet you could still elevate your event and make it that much more special. So if you wanted that lobster that you couldn't because you were having 150 guests, now you can have it. So is that something that happened too, where people, because they had to downsize so much, they weren't necessarily like, oh, we'll just hold on to this money. They were instead like, because we're going smaller, we can just treat ourselves more. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. At least with some of my clients, I had a couple, they spent $10,000 on flowers. It was beautiful. My couples were very happy. They were like, wow, we didn't think it would be this nice. We thought we needed a large group to have fun and to feel special, but they realized that you did it. I saw an article that really struck me as interesting in regards to engagement rings and wedding bands that couples are actually spending more money because they have more disposable income mm-hmm. because of the pandemic. And so they're just going bigger and sparklier. Jewelry stores seem to have picked up in business over the past year, which I never would have thought. I don't know if any of your couples mentioned anything like that. They didn't mention, but I could see. (laughs) And I think people, again, doing things to create some levity or make themselves happy because they're having to make a difficult decision of cutting people or changing what they thought their day was going to be. Hey, adding an extra carrot, why not? Or Mm -hmm. I actually know Florist, who I spoke with pretty early in lockdown, and she had to give herself a break because her business did not stop. Maybe she got two weeks, maybe. And then it just picked right up because then people just started ordering flowers to their house all the time. I was just doing all this other stuff. And so business shifted, but it got busier. And she actually had to give herself a break during lockdown because she really didn't have one. Kind of like yeah. on a different scale, therapists, they didn't get a break at all. <laughs> when this mm-hmm. Had to, to readjust and just jump right back in. 
I was going to ask, in terms of weddings changing during this time and kind of reinventing the wheel, have you done anything like that? We did do the six feet apart sticker on the dance floor so people would stand in their little space to be able to dance. Oh my God, stickers on the dance floor? Really? (laughs) Yeah. Wow, so everyone has like their dance bubble. Their dance bubble. Yeah. (laughs) You can really spread out if you've got... Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Gosh, people got creative. I think pivot, creative, learning were the trend, like the thing, like you had to flexibility. We did do the cute little mask for guests to take or to use if they had forgotten or misplaced it. Mm -hmm. Signage, that was like spread love, not germs, cute little things like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And then, of course, seating arrangements. That was the biggest challenge. Seating people according to their social bubble and what that was going to look like. That was interesting. What is your biggest piece of advice for couples right now? Just do it. Just go for it. Do what feels right for you. If you want to celebrate, go for it safely, of course. Work with your vendors. This is why it's important you hire professionals that know what they're doing that support you, most importantly, that support your vision. You can celebrate small now. If you're like me, I love any excuse to party. So it's like, (laughs) celebrate this year, celebrate next year, celebrate in 10 years. Why not? But then again, if you want to wait, that's totally fine. Because I know everyone has a certain vision for their wedding day and how it's supposed to be. And so it's okay to also wait and postpone if you have to. At the end of the day, whatever they decide to do, it's always going to be just the two of them at the end of the day. May I ask what's been your favorite wedding memory of one of your weddings? Sometimes I get asked, which was your favorite wedding? Mind you, I've been doing this for 10 years. I've done like over 300 weddings. (laughs) For me, I don't have a favorite wedding, but I do have favorite events that happen at the wedding when the bride or groom are walking down the aisle. And their first dance, the father-daughter, mother-son dance, those are always so sentimental and full of emotion. Those are my favorite things the day of the wedding. I can relate in terms of always getting emotional when I see whomever is walking down the aisle. I'm just a goner. I have <laughs> issues. I yeah. I plan on having my makeup artist at the wedding all the whole day or night, whatever time frame, because yeah. I'm going to be a mess. And yeah. So yeah, good for you. Thank you. I've gotten really into the first look. I like seeing how the couples react to each other when they get to the center, as well as seeing how the audience or the guests react to them. (laughs) Yeah. When I work with my clients for a whole year, obviously I build a strong bond in this relationship with them. But still on the day of the wedding, I learned so much more about them through the speeches, through their emotions, and just how they're carrying themselves together and individually the day of the wedding. I thought I got to know them really well that year, but that day of the wedding, it's, oh my God, oh my God. It's like, you really get to know them. Yes, yes, for sure. (laughs) Have you ever had any crazy wedding speeches that have just gone off the rails? (laughs) Yes, and very long ones too. I had to take the mic at some point. People were literally leaving the reception because it was that long. They... This is why I always say no open mics. I like that. 
I know that we've spent this entire interview really touching on your business practices and the special things you do, but if you can put into some, what is the special touch that Simply Elegant by Diana does? I think for me, it's just really being there for my couples. And I know everyone probably says this, but for me, being there for them, meaning let me guide you through the planning process because I really want them to enjoy the planning process as well. I get clients all the time like, I'm so stressed out. I don't want to plan my wedding. This is so stressful. And I'm like, wait a minute. But remember, you're planning for a day that's super special and it's going to celebrate you. It's going to celebrate your story. Like you should enjoy the process as well. So we really focus on educating our couples so that they can enjoy the process of planning their wedding and that they know that we understand their vision so that the day of the wedding, they can just know that we got them. It's They got this. They're going to take care of me and it's going to be great. Also just, being supportive in their vision. I've heard crazy stories of planners that are pushy and know you're going to do this because that's how it's supposed to be. And for me, it's what is your story and how are we going to show your story on the day of your wedding? So I tell everyone, thank you for inviting me into your story, your wedding. I'm so honored. That's great. I love that. Beautiful. And elaborating on that, do you have a favorite wedding movie? Oh my God, yes I do. The Wedding Planner, of course. Do you have a favorite wedding song? I do. I love A Thousand Years by Christina Perry. It's my favorite. It makes me cry. It sounds so whimsical. I don't know. I love that song. Me too. (laughs) One more question uh, before we wrap up. I was just going to ask, do you have any favorite wedding traditions? I do. I think I have a few. I love the bouquet toss. I think it's super fun. I'm over the Beyonce song, though. Like, we have to switch it up and get a little creative. Oh, single ladies. Um, <laughs> single ladies. Yeah. But I do. I, I, <laughs> I love that. I also like the garter toss, although I know a lot of, you know, couples don't always feel comfortable doing that one. I never push any traditions. Mm. And then I love the, it's called La Vibora de la Mar, which is a tradition in, in Mexico where the bride and groom hold hands like London bridges and everyone's holding hands. So they're linking hands and they're all going through and around the venue, wherever they want. But the main point is you're supposed to go through the bride and groom. But at the same time, you're supposed to shove them a little, which represents their struggles that they're going to face in life. But they got to stay holding hands. You can't break apart, which is the main point. I think another one that I really like, it's the anniversary dance. Have you guys heard of that one? No. Okay, so this one, the DJ calls all the couples that have been married, no matter how many years. And at the end, who has been married the longest? As everyone's dancing, he's a couple that's getting right. married. And, <laughs> and then he's, if you've been married for one year, sit down. If you've been married for five years, sit down, and so on and so on. Until it's like, if you've been married 40 years or the longest. And so then at that point, that's a great way to acknowledge grandma, grandpa, or something like that, if you want that's really neat i'm totally gonna put that on my list (laughs) thank you so much for taking the time to talk everything weddings with us it's been just such a fun afternoon and getting to know you and hearing about your experiences has just been wonderful and thank you guys for inviting me to share my story to reflect a little bit on all the things that we experienced last year and thinking about moving forward
We're all here for each other. So let's commiserate together. If you have any questions or want to share your story, email us at info at alteredpodcast.com. After I got engaged, I found myself doing all these traditional wedding things without necessarily knowing the history of them. Why are wedding dresses white? How did the idea of an engagement ring come about? Everyone has different ideas about the wedding party. Where did all that come from? So for our ending bit each week, we'll drop some super random wedding facts. It occurred to me that I've never been to a wedding with a garter toss, and I was curious to look into where on earth that tradition came from. Many traditions that we've explored on this show have been darker than I would have thought, and this did not disappoint. Garters date back to medieval times. Kim Forrest, the senior editor of Wedding Wire, writes that back in olden times, newly married couples were expected to consummate their union pretty much immediately after the wedding, and family members and friends would wait outside of their room to make sure that this happened. After the marriage was consummated, the groom would give the bride's garter to the waiting crowd to prove that the deed was done. Forrest adds, I've also read that in medieval times, people would try to rip pieces off a bride's dress for good luck. The bride would wear an easily accessible garter to toss to the crowd so they would stop grabbing her. Erica Smith writes that according to wedding garter company Blue Garters, potentially also pronounced as Bleu Garters for all those French speakers out there or people who are trying to attempt to speak French, By the late Renaissance period, the garter toss was simply done to spread good luck and fertility vibes. No clothing tearing or proof of consummation involved. And the garter toss has remained a luckier tradition for the past 400 years or so with tweaks for each era. For example, some flapper brides use their garters to hold a flask and some 80s garter catchers displayed their prize on their car's rear view mirror. According to a study done in 2018 by The Knot, Only one-third of couples plan on doing a form of this tradition, down from 41% in 2016. At the end of the day, as with all traditions, only do what you feel is representative of you as a couple. There are so many creative ideas out there. My personal alt-favorite is a bride who chose to show her love of cats by making her bouquet toss about cat adoption. Instead of a bouquet, she had a cat-stuffed animal, and the person who caught it donated to a local animal shelter. It means so much that you're listening to Altered. I'm Alexis. And I'm Dre. If you're liking what you're hearing, feel free to rate and review at Apple Podcasts. See you next week.